Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. It's time to take new territory. That's what I hear the Spirit telling me today. I want to review the prayer of Jabez with you, that obscure man in Scripture who offered a beautiful prayer to God in 1 Chronicles 4. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And then here are those beautiful words. So God granted him what he requested. So as I said, I hear the Spirit telling us today, it's time to take new territory. All of this week on Daily Devotion, we are looking at restoring our spiritual passion. When passion is high, we're asking God, enlarge my territory. When passion is low, we're just trying to defend what we already have. I think there is something that pleases the heart of God when we ask great things of Him. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great and can do great and marvelous things, which we know not, that are beyond our imagination. I believe it's time for us to take new territory. And in so doing, we need to learn to passionately pray in faith. There is something that pleases the heart of God when we ask great things of Him. He is great and greatly to be praised. He is great and does great and marvelous things which we know not. Jabez tapped into that nature of God. His prayer reminds me of the origin of the Dallas Theological Seminary in downtown Dallas. It began in the 1920s. Soon thereafter came the Great Depression. It appeared the school would go under. The president of the school, Louis Sperry Schaefer, called a prayer meeting, and in the meeting were several men of great reputation. One of them was named Harry Ironside. When it came time to pray, Ironside said passionately and simply, Lord, we know the cattle on a thousand hills are yours. Would you please sell some of them and send this school the money? While they were praying upstairs, a West Texas rancher walked into the school's business office downstairs. He told the person behind the desk, I just sold two train cars filled with cattle over in Fort Worth. I've been trying to make another deal go through, and it just won't. And so after praying about it, I feel compelled to give this school the money for those cattle. Knowing the critical need, the person thanked the rancher, asked him to hold still, raced upstairs to the prayer meeting, she knocked on the door where the men were praying. No one responded. She kept knocking until Schaefer opened the door. She explained what had happened and gave the check to him. It was exactly the amount they needed to pay the school debt. He looked over at Harry Ironside and said, I guess God sold the cattle. Where God is, there are miracles. And there should be, for he is the Lord God Almighty. He is all-powerful. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. There is nothing over which he cannot triumph. There is absolutely nothing 
he cannot do. I know there are certain belief systems that admit God exists, but then those same belief systems deny that God can and will perform miracles. But these belief systems have little faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you open the Bible, you see the God who changes not. You see the God that performs miracles. The God in Genesis 1 who stepped into an inky dark world and spoke light into existence and divided light from darkness, solids from liquids, populated the earth, water, and sky. Does that sound miraculous to you? It does to me. In Genesis 7, he sends a flood to cover the earth, but in the midst of the confusion and chaos, he saves eight souls in all of the animal kingdom. Does that sound like a miracle to you? It does to me. Abraham, father of faith, discovered that the miraculous God was true to his word when he, at a hundred years of age, and Sarah, at ninety years of age, had a boy named Isaac. Does that sound miraculous to you? It does to me. At the close of the Bible's first book, God's beloved people are going into Egypt. Not many years later, what had been a blessing became a curse, and they were placed into slavery and bondage. For 400 years, they're caught in this trap from which they cannot escape. But with his mighty hand, God sends the meekest man on earth into Egypt, saying, let my people go. With signs and wonders, God displays his power, and a Red Sea is rolled back, and manna rides side-saddled with the dew each morning. Bitter waters become sweet, and waters flow from a rock that followed them. Does that sound miraculous to you? It does to me. It sounds like the God who's capable of answering the prayer of Jabez. It sounds like the God who's able to help you and I take new territory. And what are the miraculous power given to God's people? What are the miracles of Elijah and Elisha? And some 42 generations after Abraham came the Lord Jesus Christ. How many miracles did he do? 37 recorded miracles in the four Gospels by Jesus. Some involved nature. He stilled the storm. He walked on water. Sounds like a miracle to me. Some involved provision, water into wine a miraculous catch of fish. He fed the multitude from five loaves and two fish. Sounds miraculous to me. Some involve sicknesses. He removed leprosy, paralysis. He healed a fever. He stopped an issue of blood. He opened unseeing eyes. He opened unhearing ears. It sounds like miracles to me. Some of Christ's miracles involve the last stronghold of death. He raised the young man in name. He raised the daughter of Jairus. He shouted, Lazarus, come forth. He raised himself from the dead. It sounds miraculous to me. And these are only some of those recorded miracles. The final verse of the final gospel says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. And when that verse is finished, the book of Acts opens, and we see the God of miracles taking new territory. Acts 1-3, 
Christ resurrected. Acts 1.9, Christ ascended. Acts 2, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.43, many miracles were performed by the apostle. Stephen, a good man in the church, saw great signs and wonders in his devoted life. Philip, another good man in the church, did great miracles and signs in Samaria. Cornelius, a man who didn't know Jesus, saw and heard an angel, and Peter sees a vision on the rooftop, and Paul's prison falls apart by an earthquake, and Peter is led by an angel out of prison. It sounds absolutely miraculous to me. So when I tell you this morning, I hear the Spirit telling me it's time to take new territory. I think we need to pray and pray again that prayer of Jabez and say, enlarge our territory, for we are serving a miracle working God. Like those pioneers in covered wagons, it's time to head west. Like those apostles in the boat at Christ's command to launch into the deep, it's time to move out. It's time to go forward. I remember when the Vietnam War was going strong. There would be individuals who would begin interceding before God in church. Mothers would send prayer requests to the platform. Something's wrong with my boy. Everyone, would you please pray now? And the church did pray and prayed with a newfound passion. And then the miracle reports would start coming in of what God did and how God moved. I believe in a similar sense, we need to recapture that passion of stepping in the gap. We're taking back territory that the enemy took from us, and the church will prevail through travail. It's laying hold of God. It's becoming a human ladder. It's standing in the gap. It's knowing the power of anguish before the Lord. I don't buy into a lot of the superficial thoughts about prayer, but I admit this with all of my heart. We are in a battle like never before. We are in a very real war, and we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And we're to wrestle against all levels of the kingdom of darkness. We're to resist the enemy, and he will flee from us. I don't understand the authority found in those who bind and those who loose that Jesus spoke about. But if I understand it correctly, we bind what heaven has already bound and we loose on earth what heaven has already loose. You and I have the authority in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb to step forward and take new territory. We have powerful weapons designed to overcome the kingdom of darkness. When you and I intercede, when we stand in the gap, when we are the bridge between one need and God, we can overcome. Do you remember when King Joash went to see the dying prophet Elisha? Elisha told the king to open the window and smite some arrows to the ground. Apparently, to empty the quiver of arrows by firing them with the bow outside of the window. He fired once, he fired twice, he fired three times, but that's all. There were more arrows in the quiver, but he stopped. 
His negligence was enough to pull a dying preacher from his deathbed for one final rebuke. Elisha told the king, had you continued forward, had you pressed your advantage a little, had you fired some more arrows, you would have gained complete victory. You would have seized that new territory. I think this is where we are sometimes. God offers us new territory. The inheritance of the heathen, the Bible says, belongs to us. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. He's got it all. And he's willing to share. But the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. We have to get serious with God. It's sort of a do you, don't you, will you, won't you mode. God has opened up the windows of heaven. God has shown vistas of opportunity. The Lord has purchased it with his own blood. All we have to do is reach out and say, it's mine. I am not going to let you go, Lord. I am going to fire up my spiritual passion. I'm going to step forward into this new vista of opportunity. Hear me carefully. God wants us to take new territory, regain old lost territory. The time is not in some distant future. The time is not in a future decade or a future century. I hear the Spirit saying, now is the time. Today is the day. Go take new territory. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.